today's Informed Infrastructure Podcast on Flood Resilience, brought to you by Bentley Systems. I'm Todd Danielson, Editorial Director of Informed Infrastructure. During extreme weather events, rapid urbanization and inadequate draining substructures can lead to flooding that inflicts major damage to infrastructure, impacts human safety, and weakens the economy. Flood resilience models and measures can help to comprehensively manage flood risks to minimize impacts and rapidly recover from disruptions caused by the flood event. Fortunately, cities can deliver accurate and reliable risk and analysis data to agencies involved in flood preparedness, response, recovery, and mitigation with Bentley software products. To talk about their solutions related to flood resilience, modeling, and simulation, we have two esteemed speakers from Bentley Systems, Frank Bonschweig, a senior product manager, and Pascal Martinez, senior director of digital cities ecosystems. We're going to be discussing a four-step implementation plan to help your city become more resilient. So let's start with step one, is building a 3D city model and what that entails. Now, Pascal, can you tell us some of the uh, basic implementations and products that can be used for this? Yeah, sure. Thank you for the opportunity. By 2050, 70% of the population will live in cities. This is pushing cities to the very limit for their projects of uh, improving the urbanization, uh, creating more residential areas, uh, improving the infrastructure. That's coming with a lot of issues related to resiliency. Uh, how do we, how resilient are we with regard to flowing, with regard to fire, with regard to security, uh, with the global warming coming into the game as well. So the first step is probably to know your city better. And one way of doing that is to create a 3D model of it. Uh, and this is the first step in their going digital endeavor to become a digital cities. First, you need to create digital model that you can commonly use and share with your stakeholders to better understand how to plan future infrastructure and how to optimize current ones. So this has a lot to do with uh, creating a 3D model from photos, from LiDAR, uh, capturing data with real distances, real position on Earth. But at the same time, you need to properly reconstruct a model that you can use for your simulation. And in terms of floating, you need to better understand the terrain. You need to make sure that you understand where the water can go, where the water can't go. Uh, you need to consider the buildings. You need to consider the uh, vegetation, so uh, human-made uh, infrastructure and, uh, and nature, uh, natural infrastructure as well. Uh, this is what you need to input in a floating simulation. At Bentley, uh, we are developing a set of different solutions um, to create digital twins of cities and to start with a digital model of city, we call this reality modeling. Uh, that's the process of capturing the physical reality uh, of an infrastructure asset, uh, creating a representation of it and maintaining it through continuous surveys because it's very important to process your simulation on an up-to-date model. Um, so Bentley Reality Modeling software uh, provides a digital context in the form of a 3D reality mesh. Uh, it's using overlapping photos acquired from drones or from 
ground imagery or from aircraft, helicopters, but also LiDAR data captured from a mobile mapping system, for instance, uh, mounted on a car. Uh, and altogether, this is creating a very highly resoluted, uh, highly detailed model of the city containing all the, the, the objects, the items, the buildings, the vegetation, the roads, um, the, uh, the, uh, the waterways as well, but also the draining system may be taken into account to be a very important input in floating simulation. Okay, yeah, great. Thanks, Pesco. I appreciate that. So now that you've, you've been able to build an intelligent model to make informed decisions, I was hoping that Frank could tell us a little bit about how to extract information uh, from that uh, model that's needed to make an impact. Uh, Frank, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, thanks, Todd. So for a better understanding, I would like first to explain quickly what a flood resilience model is. We can use flood resilience model to simulate the physical process of water movement throughout the city. For example, how will water flow during a heavy storm event where it will, will flow inside, inside the stormwater system, will it infiltrate, will it bond on the streets? So these models receive as input the conditions you want to simulate, like the storm event I mentioned. And these are what we are calling the boundary condition. So having these boundary conditions, if you want to set up a model, we need information about the city itself. So as Pascal described, the digital, we need a digital model of the city from which we can instruct information for our flood model. So using, for example, Bentley's context capture and Bentley open flows, you can easily extract digital terrain information and use them as base to create flood resistance model. This, with Bentley's connected data environment, is a process which will literally take you only a couple of, of clicks. So, take this. Uh, the, the model Pascal just described is one very important input for our flood resilience model. But, because we can extract the DTM, but not only, also other information like land cover, which is very important to simulate correctly the infiltration. It also worth to mention that with Bentley's open flows portfolio, we have a sort of tools which allows us to further process these DTMs, like for example, to make spatial interpolation or removing outliers and creating numerical meshes. Say this, I think I answered your question, right, Todd? Yeah, no, I, th I think you did, Frank. I think we understand now how we can uh, to make that model, which brings us to step two, which is creating uh, the data and integrating that data into the flood resilience model. So, Frank, can you describe a little bit how that might work and which type of data might be the most important to get into that model? Yeah, of course. So, before we want to build this type of model, we have to think and understand better the process we actually want to, to model. Because speaking about floods, there are different types of floods which can occur. For example, think of a city like, like Paris, where we have been working. In Paris, you have a large river which is flowing through the city, and if the, the water in the, in the river rises above a certain threshold, the water from the river will inundate the city, and you will get some, some flooding inside the center of Paris. So, this we call usually river and floods. 
Then you have other cases. For example, think about Miami. In Miami, you have many times flooding, which occurs due to obstruction of the stormwater drainage system, which drains the water from the city to the, to the sea. But when the sea level do rise a lot in, in high tide, or if you have um, a very low pressure in, in the area, you can get problems inside the city, which are created by uh, the, the processes which occur in the, in the coastal area. So in this case, we are talking about coastal flooding. And then you can have other cases. For example, think about a very localized storm event which occurs over a city which lies somewhere in the Midwest. So there is no, no coastal influence. You don't have any large river passing by, but if you have a really intense storm event which drops rain over the city, you can also have foundation inside the city. So we have to take into consideration all these processes that may occur and gather all this data. So again, we can go to the digital city, the model from the digital city Pascal just described, extract this information and put this into our, our, our flood resilience model. So with, with the product we have in Bentley's OpenFloat flood portfolio, this is all very easy to do. So we have tools to extract uh, the information we need, and we have also tools to simulate all type of, of, of flood events which may occur. And this is everything integrated into one single tool, so it's very easy from a user perspective to perform all these type of simulations. So okay, I think... So I think Go ahead, Frank. Yeah. So just to resume a little bit the answer to your question, depending on the type of, of flooding, the type of data you import and integrate may depend, but it can be easily done for any kind of flooding, including riverine, coastal, or urban floods with Bentley Open Flows products. So I think this answered your question. Yeah, so basically you need to know exactly which type of uh, situation you're in, assess what kind of data you need, and then all of, all of that in there can all be brought in through through these software products without any trouble. Just just need to know mostly what you what you need, what what you're looking for. Okay, so I think we've got now everything that's got us to this this model with with uh, all the data we need. Now it's it's been federated and added that model. So what's the next step? Now in this this four step plan that we've been talking about, next step step three will be to run simulations to therefore find the insights so you can develop your mitigation strategy. Now, Frank, can you go over some of the scenarios of, of developing um, the simulations and, and acquiring those insights? Yeah, of course. So this step is, in my opinion, can be divided into three sub-steps. So the first step we have to do is to implement, calibrate, and validate the model itself. Second, we can use this validated model, make some scenarios, and in the third step, we produce the outputs we want actually to have. So I will detail a little bit on, on the first of these three sub-steps. The first sub-step, you will gather all the data I just mentioned from step two, formatting them in a format the actual numerical engine can understand it. So this is automatically done without, within our product. So there's no problem at all to do, this, to do so. And then we have to, to calibrate the model and validate it. This is best done by recreating an historic event. So we can take um, the conditions which did occur 
at a certain point in the past and recreate them with our model so that we gain confidence with the model which we are using for the city which we are studying. Luckily, the, the tools we use or the products we have are already defined with default setups, so it helps you easily to, to create these historical simulations. I was going to say, so you create these historical models by taking in the data and then you see what they produce, and then you can compare them to what actually happened in the past and to test um, how accurately they're working based on that. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And so with this, we, are, we are, have a validated model. Once we have this validated model, we can then use it to, to make new scenarios. So for example, if you want to check what happens every 20 years, what happens every 100 years, we can set up design storms for 20 years or 100 years return periods and run the same model again and check what would happen in these scenarios. This type of information is then important to be used by, by city planners, for example. Um, but you can also use these type of models in a different way. Imagine that you want to do some construction work to enhance your, your flood resilience. So you want to prioritize where to make the first works. So you can study different scenarios with the model to check what, where would you have the biggest benefits. So you would create new scenarios based on the historic event, make some changes, and check what would be the impact in terms of flood risk reduction. One thing which must to mention here is the benefit of these models, which is that they are very cheap compared to perform actually the construction work in the field. So they are very useful to gain insights of what you want to do before you actually start working. So I hopefully this answered your questions. No, it does. Yeah, you definitely want it. It's certainly helpful to know what may happen before you get started, and then you find out the hard way, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, I can give you just a quick example. For example, here in Lisbon, they, they invested like 130 million euros to reduce urban flood risk, and all type of scenarios have been started in the design phase uh, with, with Bentley's open flows products to to assess really what will happen and if the decisions that they took were the right ones or not. Okay, great. So now you've got this this model that, that's working and it's it's uh, evaluating and, and seeing things against uh, reality. What kind of outputs can you get from this model so that you can use to share with um, stakeholders, uh, the people that will be doing the building? What, what can you take from these models? Okay. So these type of models produce different outputs. So the first, most easy to understand is the extent of inundation for a given scenario. So you will know which areas will get flooded and which one won't. Then also you can get a little bit more into detail. You get to know what will be the maximum water depth during the flooding. So this is important because one thing is to have only a few centimeters of of water depths where you get your feet wet, or if you have water which reaches your knees. So this is, is different. And then another output is the vel velocity of water. The velocity of water seems to be a little bit tricky to understand why this is important, but imagine having half a meter of water which is standing still, so you would have your, your knees wet. 
um, but nothing else happens, or having half a, a meter of water flowing with a high velocity. This can be put your life seriously into danger because moving water has a very strong impact. So it is very important also to know the velocity of the, of, of the water. Combining the, the, the maximum water depth and the velocity of the water will give you the flood hazard. Um, and, and so this is a very useful insight for, for urban planners to, to check where the flood hazard is higher and, and where it is lower. These type of, of results and outputs are produced directly by our tools, by the tools of Bentley Open Flows Flood and other Bentley Open Flows products. And then you can take this information into other Bentley tools, like for example, Bentley Open Flows, uh, Bentley MicroStation or Bentley Map, to produce the final maps of flood risks, where you combine the, the flood hazards with the vulnerability of your, your assets to the flood, to flooding. So these are the type of outputs you can produce with, with the models. Okay, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's the, the, the technical information of the people that, that need it. So, so who are the people that are going to be using this information and how can they be using it differently? Yeah, that's a good question. It depends. So it depends a little bit of the persona which are using it. We have different entities for which these type of outputs of a flood resilience model can be useful. For example, for city planners in general, so they want to know where they should allow to have further contract, construction or which areas should, where, where you should have no construction in the future. It can be useful for the civil protection so they want to plan crisis management ahead. So they want to be prepared where if a bigger flood occurs, where to, to locate this uh, means. Then for transportation utilities, because then you need to know if they are affected during the flood event. Water utilities in general, of course, because they are one of the main responsible also for, for flood risk mitigation. Insurance companies, for example, they can use this type of information to, to set pricing for property insurances. And of course, at least, and uh, certainly one of the most important users is the population in general, because they want to know, and they have the right to be informed about the flood risk in the city. So these are the types of, of outputs which the model can provide and, and the users who will use this information. Yes, as, as me being one of the uh, the general population and non-experts, uh, that would be me. Which leads us to step four, which is the visualization and communication, which is kind of getting that information to, to people like me and, and the public. Um, how do you actually use these models, and what type of technologies are needed to create the visual models, and how do you make them available um, on the front end to the stakeholders and the public? Yeah, this is for something complex like flood modeling, this, this is a complex task. But luckily in, in Bentley, we have a lot of products which help you to do this, and also depending on, on the type of person you really want to communicate with. So for example, for the city planners, we have Open City Planner, which is a tool which can instantly consume output from the flood resilience model and display them for the general population so they can know if they're affected and with what are their risks in, in the place where they live. Then, besides 
Open City is planner, there are other products. Um, one which I like to mention is, is Luminati, which allows you to produce high quality animation, I would almost say Hollywood ready, of flood events. And these tools like Luminati are very, very important to to understand really the process because it, you, everybody understands how this works when seeing the results of open flows uh, inside, for example, Benley uh, Luminati. So these are the, the main uh, tools we have to, to communicate these type of, of results. All right, that, that's great, Frank. Yeah, I've, I've seen those demonstrated, and they, they really help a lot. I saw an amazing visualization of, of the, the flooding of Paris that you, that you mentioned that was both beautiful and a little frightening. So um, I, I definitely know what you're saying. And Yeah, so uh, just uh, something, perhaps, a final word on it. Um, I think it's important to mention why Bentley is relevant for this. Uh, we, Of course, we have all those nice technologies for uh, scanning cities, creating digital models of cities and, and simulating floating and, and visualizing. But it's important to say that this is because we are offering an entire workflow, a user experience, which is going from uh, I, my city, I simulate the floating, I visualize and share the results so that stakeholders can make uh, you know, informed decisions on future planning and, and, and the rescue and, and whatsoever. Uh, and that's all coming. In, in, in a very smooth workflow. That's what I, I, I'd like to mention is it's that we are working on uh, user experience offering a complete digital cities solution uh, to cities and uh, an engineering ready uh, ecosystem that people can use to do their work and contribute to something which is in this case simulating flooding and optimizing infrastructure. Okay, so uh, that's all, all we have for today. But if uh, any of the listeners out there feel like you missed something, you can always re-listen to this podcast or access any of the other related materials. We've got video, text, and figures found in this Informed Infrastructure Professional Development course on Practical Digital Workflows for Addressing Key City Initiatives. For that on the Informed Infrastructure website. Uh, that's all we have. Thank you.